Bum Mama. Welcome to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Noriega, your host, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and fellow Christian mom. I provide moms with practical, uncomplicated solutions so you can feed yourself and your family with confidence and lean into an active lifestyle. I'm on a mission to make health the standard, and I believe it starts in the family with mom at the core. So whether you're filled with holy guacamole, the Holy Spirit, or have no idea what either of those are, I've got you covered, friend. Thanks for listening. Hey, friends. Glad you made it back for episode 10, Finding Your Family Prayer Groove. Today, we're talking all things about praying and worshiping as a family. And, you know, I am not an expert in this area. I'm here growing with you in faith and spirituality, religion and holiness. And I'm humbled to have this opportunity and platform. And I hope to provide encouragement from one mom who's just figuring it out too. Okay, let's start with our moment of encouragement. So as a rule of thumb, if I'm going to read a passage from the Bible... I don't just read it from like a Pinterest beautiful image that I see. I open up my Bible and actually read it from there. And I use the New American Bible, which is like the Catholic version. I don't know. It's a little bit more complicated than just um, what you would find on a Pinterest quote. So I'm going to read Proverbs 3 verse 6. In all your ways, be mindful of him, and he will make straight your paths. In all your ways, be mindful of him, and he will make straight your paths. Now, the version that I initially came across on Pinterest, that's my daughter, who are you, was seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. That's a little bit more user-friendly here. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. This is relevant today because I'm talking about how to find your family prayer groove, find your family worship groove, and just like nutrition, it's a path you have to create for yourself. It's between you and God and you and your family to figure it out, and it's not one size fits all. So let's take a look at something totally different for a second. We're going to step back here. We're going to talk morning routines. I feel like this is a super popular, trendy topic. And everywhere I go, I'm hearing mixed messages. I'm hearing something different. I hear and I see and I read that to have the best morning in order to have the best day I have to be the most productive I can be first thing in the morning because that's when I wake up and my brain is going and that's the sacred time before everybody else gets up. So I need to be as productive as possible. And from somebody else, I hear, this is my time to get my coffee and sit down and read a book or do my devotional. And then somebody else says, this is where you have to exercise. This is where you're going to burn the most calories. You need to get it out of the way right away. Somebody else is going to say, this is where you need to make 
make your kids breakfast before they get up. Um, what else do you hear? Oh, I heard someone say, <laughs> this is from a podcast that I love, but it cracked me up. This lady said, my husband and I sit on the back porch for an hour and we read and drink our coffee and we just soak up the sunrise. <laughs> okay, so I can appreciate all of these things. And I know that the women who are talking about these, it works for them. It works for each of them. But here I am with all these messages coming at me. And I'm like, I have a breastfeeding baby who co-sleeps. So she sleeps in my bed. And the second I get out of bed, she wakes up. So if I can get a cup of coffee before I have to get to entertaining her, I call that a success. <laughs> and hey, if you don't co-sleep, you don't believe in it, you think it's crazy, or you have lots of sleep suggestions, that's cool. This is just where I'm coming from. But the second I get out of bed, she's like, hey, what are we doing? So I would be out of my mind to get out of bed at 5 o'clock and start our party because <laughs> that's what she thinks is happening. So until she's done breastfeeding or until I straighten it out, like this is where I am. So I lay in bed and I do my own thing differently from all these other people and what they talk about. Now, this can be flipped and you can look at this for your family's prayer time, your family's worship, whatever it is. There's always going to be somebody who does it different. And there's always going to be somebody who does it better. And there's going to be a million different ways to do it. What I have today is just a few suggestions for those of you who need them. Maybe you don't do anything because you don't know where to start. Here's just a few tips to get you going. And again, this is an area of growth for me. So what I'm saying today is going to look different in a year. It's going to look different in five years because hopefully I'm just going to get better and better at it, better at my prayers, better at teaching my children and leading them and guiding them. Exact same way as nutrition, guys. That's why I'm talking about this. It's all holistic. It's real. It's a huge, big picture. We can't take about, take out pieces and just look at those and work on those only because it's all comprehensive. So let's explore a few of the ways in which you can pray. You've got songs that you can play, music. It could be kid songs. It could be some Lauren Daigle. It could be if you have quiet time for your kids. It could be like a some old school church music that you like, some hymns. You can find a lot of these things on Spotify. It could be written prayer. You can journal. You could also read a prayer. You could read the Bible. You can recite psalms. You can recite certain prayers. You know, Our Father, Hail Mary. You could do it alone. You could do it with your spouse. You can do it with your kids. There's all sorts of different ways to pray to God, right? And there's not one that's better than other than the other. 
it's what works for you and what helps you feel like you can get the most out of it at that time, at that moment. Now, some cues throughout the day that can help you with remembering to pray and remembering to encourage your children to do it could be, you could use the five senses. So you can put, uh, you know, statues or scripture around your house as decoration. Like in my kid's room, I have a picture that says, I am a child of God. In my room, I have some statues of saints and we have crucifixes. You can use visual reminders. For smell, you can use different oils, different essential oils. If you want to set the tone, you know, put a certain scent in and use that during the time you're hoping to pray. I actually came across a thing over the Christmas break called Aroma Rosaries. And it comes, like if you order it, that you get a rosary and you get essential oils. And it's all about like triggering your senses to associate that smell with you know, um, prayer. Okay, you can use your ears, your hearing, of course, music, and other various audible triggers. So if it's a certain time of the day, you can set on what you're listening to can make a huge difference in the thoughts that you have and your intentions as you have music playing. So you've got eyes, nose, ears, mouth, let's see, taste. So taste, if it's a meal time, that is a great time to pray. You can pray over your meal, you can bless your meal, you can teach your kids to say certain prayers. If you are working to be a bilingual family or you're trying to incorporate a different language, that's where you can practice some of those structured prayers in a different language. Like for my family, I printed out the Our Father and the Hail Mary in Spanish, and we alternate days where we say them in English and Spanish. I just copy the same way that they do it at my son's dual class uh, for um, learning English and Spanish. So that might be one way that you not only remember to prayer, but you start, you practice the other language that you're trying to teach your kids, or at least get them familiar with. The last sense would be touch, and I'm going to broaden that to be like physical. So if you go on a daily walk, that might be a time to do your, say a prayer, say a decade of the rosary, say whatever it is. If every day at 7.30 a.m. you walk your kid to school and you walk home, not only can you get your exercise, but you can also say a prayer or listen to worship music or, you know, there's all sorts of Christian music. It doesn't have to be slow and it doesn't have to be hymns. It can be workout music, but with just some, some of the right messages coming at you. So those are some sensory ways to cue prayer and worship. Now, of course, we're going to switch to the obvious, which is routines throughout your day there's clear points in your day where prayer can easily fit we already talked about meal times right you sit down you say a prayer you eat your food make it a routine make it a habit if 
you put your kids to bed and you have a routine, make that prayer part of the routine. And when you go to bed, make prayer part of your routine. Before you get out of bed, <laughs> okay, I can't tell you what to do here because I just bashed on the whole morning routine thing. But what I learned from one of my sisters, Amanda, is this trick of listing five things you're thankful for before your feet ever hit the ground. And for me, that would be my husband, my kids, all three of them, and then a fourth thing. So that day it might be, I might list Jesus, I might list my dog, I might list, you know, whatever I have to do for the day. So that's kind of how I hit my morning routine or lack thereof at this point in my life. You know, just list five things that I'm thankful for and then get out of bed. I don't look at my phone, don't do anything before I say those five things. So it's just one suggestion for you. Other points throughout your day that you might want to incorporate something could be times when your family is all gathered together. So if you homeschool, you probably have this down because homeschooling moms are amazing in the things that they teach their kids, but you can incorporate, you know, Bible verses. You can do all sorts of amazing things within the curriculum. Again, my sister Amanda, she does just the coolest things with her kids and incorporates writing exercises and devotionals and all sorts of things within their day-to-day curriculum for homeschooling stuff. It's a little foreign to me. I barely have one pre-K kid. I don't and I don't plan on homeschooling at this point. But what she does is really cool. And I'm sure there's all sorts of support out there for you if you want to incorporate more of that. And yeah, uh, see. So I also have seen someone who at dinner time they eat their meal and then afterwards they bust out the guitar. They bust out some heavy uh, devotional type stuff and they just do it as a family right then and there every day. That's awesome. That's a really good idea. Taking it to the next level. As far as devotionals or journaling goes, I know for a fact that there's a million billion resources out there. There's so many different ways to approach it. And I'm turning to my sister again. I'm going to have her on the show someday because she's just amazing and someone I really look up to as far as having a solid relationship with God and teaching your kids all about it. But what she told me once when I was like, hey, what? where can I find a devotional? What should I do? What do you read? I'm picking her brain. And she said... I said, where do you get your ideas? Quote, like-minded peeps, trusted friends, and I follow a few blogs for schooling and mentoring. <laughs> quote, end quote. So that's just great. Like-minded peeps and trusted friends. Turn to those people for specific suggestions. You know, what devotional are they reading right now? What did they read last year? What has worked for them in the good times, in the bad times? Uh, like, uh, let's see, a devotional that works for me when my husband deployed, it 
has been deployed is very specific for that situation. It's, I think it's called, like, while my soldier is deployed, <laughs> while my soldier is gone, something like that. It's on my shelf, but I can't see it because I'm in my closet. <laughs> so just um, trust, lean on to those like-minded peeps and friends and family to help you figure out what you what would suit your needs best. Okay, so those were just some suggestions. I don't want to be talking to you as the expert here. I'm talking to you as the person who's growing with you and figuring it out. And hopefully by sharing these things with you, I can help you to, you know, determine what what you do need, where you are lacking, and where you can grow. Remember the sensory cues? Can you associate prayer or worship with something physical, with something you see, with certain smells, with food? And then throughout your routine, throughout your daily routine, where can you incorporate it so it's mindless and just not something you have to stress about, where everyone's sitting down, or where you have your own quiet time, whatever you're trying to improve, where can you just stick it into your routine and make it a non-negotiable? How can you find your groove? What do you need to do to set yourself up so that you can grow closer to the Lord? If any of this has resonated with you, if any of this has inspired you, let me know, because whatever you're going to set up is something that perhaps I could incorporate too. Shoot me a text, shoot me a message on Instagram, or join the Facebook page, Holy Healthy Mama. And yeah, let's now move into today's food trends. I had someone recently tell me, I want to know more about specific foods that can improve my health. Okay, so we... We talked about a lot of food groups, but just for fun, today we're going to pare it all the way down to rosemary, a very specific herb. This is really just food for thought because I'm not going to tell you you need to go start taking rosemary capsules or anything like that. This is just so that you can know a tiny little bit about rosemary. So... Rosemary is an herb. It grows on a plant. Come over to my house. It's the one that's up front that has managed to survive. <laughs> it's hardy. It <laughs> hangs in there when I forget to water it for days or weeks. Huh. Too long. <laughs> but rosemary is very easy to grow. You can grow it in your a pot. And in addition to traditional culinary uses, rosemary leaves have also been used as medicine for their antibacterial, anti-diabetic, anti-inflammatory properties, and a whole myriad of other things. Just like any herb, there's always these beliefs about it. And because of how little you actually consume, it's not going to provide many calories or nutrients. It's really just going to provide flavoring. It has only one calorie per teaspoon and very little trace amounts of a few nutrients. So nothing significant there. As far as its specific 
properties that it's supposed to do. I mean, traditionally, historically, all these beliefs about it, there's no real solid evidence that any of it is causative. I mean, maybe there's some association, but it's not that Rosemary has done these things specifically. There's no research out there that can show this explicitly. But Rosemary for flavor enhancement is a fantastic approach for reducing salt. So it's one approach to reducing salt is adding extra flavor. Rosemary has a very strong flavor. So you can take out some of the salt in the foods that you're cooking and start to incorporate more rosemary or different types of herbs as a strategy to reduce salt. That's important for heart health and improving your diet to be more cardiovascularly friendly. <laughs> so that would be the best use of it, flavor enhancement, and in an effort to reduce sodium. So as far as those other properties, there's not enough research to tell you that it can do some sort of, that it can be some sort of magical cure. So um, the article that I am using as my reference here says that um, many clients are seeking natural ways to add flavored recipes without adding sodium. Rosemary, as well as other herbs, is one way to intensify the flavor of dishes and complement other herbs and spices. Find it in the grocery store, farmer's market, order it, grow it, and if you are on medications, just like anything you're going to put into your body, it could have some sort of effect on those. So if you're going to go crazy and start taking rosemary capsules or grinding it up and eat, eating plants at a time, you should consult your doctor. <laughs> but if you're just in general trying to improve the flavor and maybe reduce some sodium, adding rosemary or other herbs is a fantastic approach. So there was a tidbit of a specific food that can help improve your health. And that's a roundabout way of doing it by decreasing your sodium, increasing rosemary or herb consumption. Yeah, I hope that's helpful. And that's all, my friends. So have a fantastic day, and I hope that this has inspired you to incorporate more prayer and rosemary <laughs> into your day-to-day -day routine and reach out to me if you have questions and if there's something you want to hear more about please let me know because I am here for you and I will be doing some really cool interviews this month and Valentine's week I have a really creative date lined up for you and I can't tell you too much about it, but stay tuned, and I'll talk to you all soon. All right, thanks for listening to Holy Healthy Mama. If you loved the show, please leave me a five-star review. It will help with the show's visibility, initial and long-term success, and it will make my heart happy. All right, friends, love your babies, say your prayers, and eat your greens.